New arc. New arc. <laughs> I know. I'm very excited about this one. Um, <laughs> welcome to Task Talk, guys. Um, the show where we talk about the Adventures on podcast. We are going to talk today about episode one of the new Amnesty mini arc, um, which is going to... it's They're going to be using the Monster of the Week game, which was originally published in 2012. Um, it is specifically inspired by shows like X-Files and Buffy and Supernatural. Um, there was a revised edition in 2015, so I'm guessing that's the edition that they're using. Man, Rachel really and did her homework. Jeez. I was curious because I wanted to know, because I thought Tim has talked before about some old line of little action figures from like the 90s that were called Monster of the Week. But then I tried to Google it and I couldn't find anything. So I might have made that up. Um, so possibly there was a line of toys that went by the same name that is unrelated. Um, anyway, where do you want to start? I have a lot of, well, I don't have like super a lot of notes, but. Yeah, I, I don't have a super lot of notes either. And, and just to um, put this out there, like if the boys are going weekly, that means that Taz Talk, the podcast about a podcast that all, all of our three listeners have come to adore, we're also going <laughs> weekly. So, I mean, if you thought that you really liked our voices before, Get ready for even more of our voices oh, going God. forward. I don't. Yeah, I, <laughs> we're gonna try to do this. So let's tighten it up. Let's keep it short. Yes. All right. Um, so, so I don't like. The, the <laughs> so first, we can make the weekly yeah, goal. Yeah. Uh, the um, first thing on my realistic. list was holy crap! This theme song. Oh yeah, that's right. I really liked it. It was yes. really cool. Yes. Um, and I remember Griffin tweeting about like, just did the new. Um, arc theme song, good to be composing again, so yeah. that feels really good. I think Justin uh, or Travis, I don't actually, I honestly don't remember which one, it could have been both. Um, they were saying that this is maybe the best work that Griffin has ever composed, so, I mean, I, that's high praise. Um, a little biased maybe, but I still think it's really high <laughs> praise. I love it. It totally sets the tone for the arc. I am so excited for this arc, but I, I must mention also that looking at the cover art, you know how the cover art's like a combination of all of the mini arc potential storylines and things? Um, yep. It's the top image where it looks kind of, I see, I thought it was Japanese shrine, like one of those gates that you see at like a... I had a, that same thought. <laughs> yeah, but I guess they were really going... Because I'm a weeaboo, so... Because <laughs> we're weebs. Um, but I guess they were going more for like a Stonehenge-y cryptid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think is honestly God, really now, cool. Now, thanks for pointing out that that is what it's supposed to be and not like a fucking Shinto gate to a temple. I totally um, thought... Well, it's because also Griffin <laughs> originally said he wanted to do like a Persona sort of like high school, like go kill monsters. Like this is still killing right. a monster kind of thing, but instead mm -hmm. of in a Japanese high school, they're in West Virginia in the woods, which I think is great. They brought it back yeah, home. The re <laughs> The kind of the main reason I'm so excited about this arc is that I love small town horror oh. and I love kind of like anything that takes place in a small mountain town appeals to me a lot because I grew up in Los Angeles, which is the exact <laughs> opposite of that. Um, so that kind of whole like sort of small town mystery thing I'm really into. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I think you there's a lot of things that can happen in a cabin in the woods. Um I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but I highly recommend I it. Oh, God, it's so good. And that's the kind <laughs> of thing that I imagine, like, Griffin's notes must be, is just, here is this cast, and then on the other side of the screen is all of his monsters that he's waiting to unleash. So, that's... Have you played... Oh, you have. Remember when we played Until Dawn? God, yes! I love Until Dawn! <laughs> I forgot! 
you were that night, right? I when was. We kind of like I was got there. fucked up and mainlined that game. That was so fucking fun. That's the kind of thing where I'm like, yes, I love this like out in the woods ski resort kind of like m- the monster murder mystery. It's super fun. It is super uh, fun, and and I'm very very excited. Um, which also brings me to another thing is I guess it's gonna they really are gonna be in a ca- like in a cabin ish or like in a winter town in the winter time mm-hmm. um because i was trying to like think of well like what's the time period like what's the location the place the season you know that sort of thing for context then i realized one of our new characters is he has a driver aspect and one of his vehicles is a snowmobile mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i guess it really is gonna be in the snowy like area of yep. west virginia very so excited i want to talk a little bit about the monsters of the monster of the week um game system please please um and one thing that interested me a lot is that they were talking about how the way combat works. And um, it seems like, first of all, it seems like the con- Griffin was saying that, you know, there aren't henchmen sort of and there aren't many bosses. It's just like one monster that you have to engage with. So mm-hmm. it seems like the combat in this sort of gameplay system is understated and takes a backseat to things like dialogue and kind of exploring and wandering around, which I'm kind of excited for because I think we've touched on this, but combat, I think for me, listening to the Adventure Zone, combat's really fun when you're playing, but it for me, it's not as fun to listen to as them, as sort of like character NPC interaction. Yeah. And them talking to people, basically. Yeah, I think they've, um, they've touched on this too, is that when when they do combat, especially for something like Powered by the Apocalypse or or the Fate system, um, yeah, it's really fun for them to you know hash it out. Um, but something that we didn't like about the fate system is that every combat was like a negotiation, um, which like I don't know, it just it doesn't it doesn't make for good podcasting. It, it necessarily just because it slows everything down and it's hard to keep your attention to something that isn't moving quickly. Um, it's I think exciting. I, I'm not entirely sure how Monster of the Week works with combat i assume it's something like um how they dealt with the stolen century because i think that's what griffin said it was it was basically the same system but combat in the stolen century like was there even really any combat no not really i mean occasionally no not really i don't think yeah so i mean in this case they're they're saying they're saying very specifically that there is going to be combat because for the love of god they only have seven hp so Right. I mean, yeah, there it seems like there's a specific combat mechanic and in like one the other thing that really struck me was the high stakes. Yes. Um and they talked about how death is supposed to be pretty common in this game. Which, which I think that, is very interesting. That blew my mind. I cannot <laughs> I cannot believe. Oh my god. Well, it, it would mean that if they took this system and they ended up doing a full season with it, then it could be like end up radically different from the balance arc which followed the same three beloved protagonists through 70 episodes yeah um and if if you had i mean like you know there are lots of tv shows where characters die and that just happens and the cast is kind of fluctuating and fluid but like i would be interesting to see if that's how this goes like you know in D D, you're supposed to be able to die but obviously griffin protected trace horny boys very carefully mm-hmm. and i mean you know some spoilers some people died sometimes <laughs> in certain situations but um they were never going anywhere it was their show it was about them yes so it would be really interesting to see maybe a shifting 
cast, do you think? Cast, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, the internet's already latched on pretty tightly to these protagonists. Um, of and course. I think I think we said the very something very similar about commitment was just, like, we as a fandom will adhere ourselves to anything that's brought to us because we are just really horny for content at this point. So um, when it comes to the... Uh, you know, fandom response to the characters. We love these people. Like, we so excited just for the characters that have been presented. Um, so to hear that, you know, it is a high stakes and to hear that death is really common in the gameplay, as a fan, I'm like, oh no, not, <laughs> oh no, not these, not these characters. I love them already so much. Yeah, it would be interesting if, if there was like these kind of high stakes and the characters are supposed to if there's supposed to be a high chance of dying, then they would basically have to keep going through a kind of character creation. Like, constantly. Throughout the... Maybe not constantly, but, like, throughout <laughs> the... Um, Depends on how much they fight and how bad they are at it. Yeah. And actually, you know, what's interesting is they kind of... When they were discussing it, the boys, they emphasized the fact that people can die. That's how it is. But that's not really... The Monster of the Week is supposed to be heavily inspired by, like... X-Files and Buffy and Supernatural. I don't know anything about Dresden Files, so I can't speak on how that show worked, but mm. those other shows, they didn't have main characters that changed in and out. It was like Mulder and Scully, and it was whoever the Winchester brothers, can't remember their first names. Um, like, those characters never went away, you know? Yeah, I, I so have a feeling... I, it's hard for me... What was that? Oh, no, I just... I have a feeling, you know, for something like The Adventure Zone, um, like maybe some characters that live or die or come in and out, you know, would be interesting, but it would be better for not the franchise, but you know, like they're trying to sustain something. The franchise, that, well, yeah. Franchise is yeah. a specific word that I use incorrectly all the time Yeah, for the brand, maybe the brand. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, I think they would be a little bit more supportive of keeping some kind of more consistent characters or at least yeah, no something. Kidding. Yeah. Like, um, who is it already? Travis might have two characters starting out the bat, just because Griffin is so adamant about giving the bunny rabbit superpowers. The reason I'm excited for Travis's character is because I'm already in love with Dr. Bunkers. That's the funniest yeah. fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm super, <laughs> super jazzed for this fucking rabbit. Yep, yep. I, it, it all started with the Benicula references, and it's That's it's going right. to end with the Benicula references. That actually, when he was like, believe it or not, Griffin, at the beginning of the episode, and he was like, believe it or not, Griffin, I will be making another Benicula reference before the episode's over. I laughed really hard out loud at work. Um, luckily, I was alone in the office. Um, I couldn't really quite keep that one in. Um, no, I love I'm also, it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm also, I'm interested in, um, one of the things I loved about Balance was that a lot of the NPCs were very silly. Yes. Um, and you know, you could have, and especially maybe more in the beginning where you ended up with like Tom, Tom Bodet is a character. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the thing everyone cites. Um, and, uh, there's just like a lot of like, you know, the hedge wizard on the Rockport limited very easily transformed into juicy wizard. Yeah. And that was just like, it was kind of loosey goosey with all those characters. Cause it was like an absurd fantasy universe anyway. Um, if we're doing s established small town with an established set of sort of character, like, residents, um, I wonder if Griffin would be as willing to make them really silly characters. Mm. That's it, a that's a good thought. Because it feels like there's an extra realism here. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. That's how it feels going into it. But it could be as silly as they want it to be. But yeah. I, I'm curious about how... 
what the NPCs are going to be like, basically. I am too. I think, you know, when, when you have like a, the premise is it's a small town in the mountains when there are some bad things that are going to happen. So you kind of expect there to be some characters that are familiar with that kind of story structure, but you're right. Like, are they going to really stick to those kind of characters or are they going to goof? Well, I mean, they're going to goof off, but I'm curious to see how their current, like, style of humor is going to translate to this kind of universe that they're trying to build. Me too. Yeah. I'm pretty psyched to see how that ends up panning out. And I mean, obviously, in uh, Balance, there were a lot of very serious NPCs that, you know, were long-term characters that were there, like, permanently. And, you know, people were invested in them, too. I think that that's But one of them was an orc and one of them was a dragon person, you know, like... (laughs) You, it's 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 not a well I don't know it it will be different you can get really flamboyant silly characters in a small town too like I don't know if we ever saw the show Northern Exposure I have um, the, I know of it but that and like Portlandia and Twin Peaks yeah. are like they're shows that I know about but I haven't actually watched that's funny because <laughs> they are not really all in the same genre I would say <laughs> <laughs> for me it's uh, just like you know like people in a town that i have it's in a show i haven't watched yet that's true yeah northern exposure is just like very goofy charming small town sitcom ish but it's like Mm. it's very lighthearted in a way um and there i mean the whole idea is he's like it's like the premise of the show is this jewish doctor um lived in new york his whole life he's kind of like a prissy guy uh, ends up living in this tiny town in the middle of the woods and he has to deal with like god there's I live in the wilderness basically and there's like you know he's living in this tiny town with all these very like funny characters, characters. yeah yeah just I, like it sounds very a bunch familiar of wacky people well griffin did mention that they were going to like the the premise of this show wasn't necessarily going to be like very serious we're going to hunt down chupacabra you know but um Campy, like he is. His words yes, for the yes, thing was campy. Yes. So I'm that's, looking that's forward. Good. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the kind of tone that he's trying to guide them towards, and just the characters that they've built seem very apt to mold themselves to that kind of storyline. So, mm-hmm. um, do you want to dive and- into the characters real quick before, um, if there's unless there's anything else you want to mention? Uh, nope. Let's do it. Cool. Um, so the first character we have is Ned. I can't think of what his first, like his actual, we, we have a whole actual name for him. I can't think of what it is, but Ned. I can't remember either. I didn't write it down. <laughs> we are the best podcasters. We're bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love how Clint's playing another really sleazy character. Yeah. Um, well, I think he, uh, it lends, he lends himself really well to those kind of characters. Yes. Um, but I, I love that he essentially was just describing Grunkle Stan from Gravity Falls. Um, but he, he, like, the main difference is that Grunkle Stan doesn't have this big bushy beard that Ned now has. So, I mean, um, still, it's a very fun character, and I think, um, I think Clint's probably gonna have a good character voice in store for us, probably. Um, now that we know that he can do them. I, I'm excited for this character. One thing that I really like about this character is that I think with these kinds of RPGs with character creation, there's definitely a tendency to engage in a little bit of wish fulfillment and sort of escapist. Like you build a character that you think is really cool or interesting or attractive, like someone that you'd want to be. It's kind of like the, 
like kind of self insert e and there's nothing wrong with that like that's part of the that's the name of the game like that's what these games are for in a oh, sense yeah, but definitely. like not this guy <laughs> like clint i think does he always ends up with these making these characters that are just kind of like something about ned feels very real it doesn't feel like mm. any kind of idealized person he's just kind of like sounds like a grungy real dude which is very fun yeah yeah especially yeah. compared to travis's character Lady Flame? Very over the top. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Lady Flame, like, from her premise and the way that she, like, kind of appears. um, And keep in mind, I've never seen this show before, but NCIS, I think, um, Abby is a character in NCIS. Oh, I didn't make that connection. That's funny. Yeah, like, that's instantly, as soon as Travis, like, described that she was this goth magician... (laughs) Who's like up and coming and has somehow found herself in this small town in West Virginia, just doing like flammable magic tricks in a forest. (laughs) That's really funny. I hadn't made that connection. I, I, my parents watched NCIS all the time. So I'm very familiar with with the character you're talking about. Well, there you go. That's like the first person I thought of. And I am just, I'm very (laughs) excited to meet this person. I love that Travis actively tries to bring in these uh, women of color kind of characters. um, And, not to say that Aubrey is even a woman of color. I have no idea. Like, what... The uh, fandom has immediately decided that she is. I saw a lot of really hot fan art, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really into it. Yeah, no, and I and that's what I love about the fandom, too, is that they get these characters in this, um, you know, project them in the image that suits them best that they think. And I, I appreciate it a lot, because um, I, I saw a hashtag Black Girl Magic floating around quite a bit. Um, which I appreciated. I just there's so much good uh, fan art happening. It, it's almost like not um, to think what's exciting about all these mini arcs is that mm-hmm. every couple of weeks we get a whole new um, collection of characters to fan dumb about, um, and it just reinvigorates you know the community. Um, like being like participating in the the fa- the Taz Appreciation Group, which has been renamed as the adventure zone fan zone um (laughs) that's good yeah it's cute right um Mm -hmm. it's just really exciting to see the fans like come back and bring these new images and their their new wishes and their expectations for the new arcs and um even though it's there's some growing pains just because we don't really know what the podcast is going to be for the future this is the fun part where we just we're on the brink of something big and it's really exciting it is exciting it was funny that Griffin was Griffin was saying that when Travis proposed his character, he he kind of was hesitant about it because he wanted um, to try to do more like realistic, down to earth characters, mm-hmm. and um, like a stage magician to him seemed kind of outlandish. And I think he realized this, but like I don't think Griffin understood at first like how many people are obsessed with like stage magic and how that's like a really serious hobby for a lot of people like it's not that weird to have like an amateur magician be like a character in this setting I yeah think. well i mean thank god that he went to the max fun con east in the poconos and there was just this some random magician in the lobby of a hotel <laughs> doing magic tricks like i think it's gonna be very fun and i'm kind of interested to see like how aubrey like presents herself like i mean obviously i think she wears her heart on her sleeve because it's tattooed to her chest and um like i think she's going to be a character that you know doesn't really hide who she is and is maybe practicing magic in the back of her room of like 
you know, in the back of a crowd anyway. And I'm excited to see how she interacts, especially because they were talking about how she might have already run into um, Duck, who is Justin's characters. Right. Um, and how Duck maybe, you know, found her camping in the woods and practicing fire in a woods. And so, <laughs> like, I think it's going to be very exciting. And I'm also curious to see how Justin is going to portray Duck. Like, we haven't really talked a whole lot about Justin's character, only because um, Justin... Uh, the the most we have to go on really for Duck I think is just that he is the chosen but he's a reluctant hero like he actively avoids the things that would um, feed into his chosen identity which I think is super interesting um, I think that's really great that, that's another thing too is Justin picks all these really fantastic characters who He's just so good at creating characters. Um, that might just be me, though. Um, I think Duck has a lot of fun potential just because he's already so complicated right off the bat. Well, I I think I super understand why Griffin did not want to do the Chosen class because I actually can't believe that's a thing in like the official rules. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it's a trope that's common in these, in these shows, but like... If you try to set up one player character as the main character, mm-hmm. 99% of the time it's going to suck for everyone else. Like I yeah. can I can imagine uh making it work, but it doesn't sound like a good idea usually. Yeah. Um so I'm interested to see like a bad idea. <laughs> I'm interested to see how the boys take it on for this one. So no, yeah, yeah, the way that they've subverted that trope I think might be fun. Um I'm really curious exactly. about Duck because I can kind of I can definitely imagine how Clint is going to play Ned. And like I can kind of imagine how Travis is going to play Aubrey, but like I have no idea well, we don't know anything about Duck except he shirked his responsibilities, allegedly. Um, I really, I'm, like, desperate. I hope Justin, like, is able to pull out, like, this really good rural Virginian accent uh, because, uh, I think it's gonna be really fun. Like, I'm really excited to see what the voice is, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, and I, that's also another thing that's really fun about this, this whole, like, new character creation mini arcs is that we get to see, um, the boys in different roles. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, remember that Travis was having a little bit of difficulty finding Nadia's voice. So yeah. I'm curious to see what he's going to pull for Aubrey. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I have an idea of what Clint is going to do for Ned already, but I'm very looking forward to the gruff kind of sound I'm expecting. Speaking about main characters, um, it's not, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So like. It's not not main character, maybe. That's not the word I'm looking for, but maybe more like the straight man or woman. Mm. Um, like in, in in Balance Arc, it's hard to say that one of the boys is one of the main characters, but I kind of feel like Magnus, in a way, takes on the more like stereotypical hero, like main hero role. And then like, obviously, all three of those characters had sort of an equal role in authoring the story. Um, but Taco who, I don't know how to say this, like, Taco felt very, not like a side character, like, super not like a side character, but very, like, I literally don't, I I don't know how to say, what I'm trying to say is that Ned feels more, not Ned, sorry, Duck feels more like the Magnus of this campaign, in a way, because he's kind of like the ranger guy, Um, and I don't think Justin has been in that role yet in one of these arcs, and I'm kind of interested to see how that goes because he i feel like he's usually the more silly type character 
yeah. rather than like the kind of straight man down to earth guy, which is, I'm guessing that's how, well, I don't know. I'm making some assumptions about Duck. We kind of don't know much about him at this point. And that was one of the, another thing that I appreciated Justin bringing up. Like they were trying to figure out what the balance was between starting from zero, like they did in, in bounce arc and kind of maybe over describing their characters. Like, like they did at the beginning of Commitment during that setup episode. Yeah, um, I appreciated how vague they were about a lot of things this time around. Um, just because I think they were right in saying that they might have given up too much in the the setup for Commitment. That's why I'm very appreciative that Commitment happened, just because they learned so much from just doing yeah. those like five episodes. Um, that I think they're it's really shown like how much they've grown. And it's really interesting to see how much um, change there has been in such little time. But I think mm-hmm. you're right. Like, Taco, like, even just their catchphrases, as much fun as it is to just, like, you know, f- lean back on those phrases and things. Magnus rushes in. Like, he rushes in to leadership. Like, when, when big decisions have to be made, a lot of times Magnus... That's the word I was looking for. The person in the leadership role. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> And he just, he just kind of assumes it. Um, he isn't necessarily seeking it, but his his can-do attitude is... It usually means that he's leading the pack. And even for Taco, like, Taco's good out here. That is how he approaches situations, but that's also kind of how he approaches just making decisions. Or he'll have an opinion, but it'll usually be an opinion that is happening maybe kind of as a reaction to someone else's. Or, you know, like, it's not necessarily him actively doing things. It's just things happen to him and he reacts. So it's... I think I agree that Ned, oh no, Duck, Duck is going to yeah. be, like, maybe Duck is going to be some, like, okay, have you ever seen um, those posts on Tumblr where they're like, any girl who's born with pink hair is automatically, like, the protagonist of an anime, and they, like, I would love to see an anime where um, things happen to this character, and this character is just like, nope, nope, not interested, like, uh, maybe they're walking to school one day and aliens crash land and they see the pink-haired girl and they're like, hey, you, you're a princess from another planet. And she's like, no, I have a test in fourth period. Like, please stop it. You know, like I would be surprised if someone hasn't already explored that subversion of that trope in some manga or another or like some story. If you but or I mean, any of our listeners can find it, I would love to read it because I think that's yeah, the funniest. Yeah, send us a wreck. That's the funniest <laughs> thing. And that's kind of but what I'm- I hope <laughs> is going to happen to Duck is just like no, he's going to see like this big monster outside of his window, but he's going to be like, "Nope, I have to write this report. It's due at 9 p.m. I have to go play with my kids. I don't have time for this." Like that's the kind I'm, of reluctant yeah. hero I want. I mean, the reason that you don't usually like the reason that the heroes in these stories are the hero that takes up the mantle or investigates the thing or answers the call is because if they don't do that that's the story that doesn't get told there isn't a story in that case but i mean it does leave room for this kind of fun subversion of that trope where like what happens after to that character and that's what this situation is yeah yeah which is interesting they only have a very limited amount of time um so i and I think we're going to be left in a position again of where towards the end of it, we're going to be like, I need more. Um, we have a lot of hopes and dreams uh, for this mini arc. And I'm excited to see where they're going to bring us and where they're going to take Were it. Were you laughing because you accidentally referenced? That was no accident. Song. There was no accident there. That was very specific. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I yeah, I it's I ahead. think the the monster of the week system um seems like it would lend itself very well to a weekly or bi-weekly podcast. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? No, no, definitely. So yeah. despite my what I said about it it will be weird to have a system where it's built for characters to be a little flimsy and maybe expendable, like I mean, that's why all these TV shows exist on the Monster of the Week format, because it's very, it, like, is very good for a serialized work of fiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it would actually make a lot of sense to me if they did a Monster of the Week season. You know what I mean? Yeah. That being said, though, I, um, I'm i curious to see, you know, like, let's say that they they pick this and they run with it for the next big thing that they do for the Adventure Zone. Like, how how would something like that come to an end? Like, what? I guess they would have to bring in this big overarching something that they would have to eventually fight. Because, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, well, how do all these other TV shows end? Because usually, usually they go on for, like, 20 years, and then they, get, they end because they get canceled. So I'm like... <laughs> That's, um, yeah, I mean, the thing I'm trying to think... Um, I mean, you know, X-Files had an ending, and then, you know, it came back for some extra seasons, which I heard were really cool, um, so that's fun, but I, again, like, these are all shows that I am familiar with and have maybe watched, like, I've seen episodes of X-Files because my mom was obsessed with X-Files for a while, hey, me and too. my brother went through a supernatural thing, and so I've, like, seen episodes of these shows. I don't know if I've ever seen an episode of Buffy, actually, I, but I'm familiar I, with key, all of the- I haven't, I haven't either. Sorry, Joss <laughs> Whedon. <laughs> I know. I'm familiar with all of the tropes because they're a big, these kinds of shows are a huge part of pop culture. Yep. You know, people love them. Um, I forgot what point I was making. What were we talking about? I, I got very distracted by Joss Whedon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Chelsea or, like Firefly? I haven't seen it. Oh my God. Oh, it's so <laughs> I'm good. I'm the worst nerd. Oh um, my God. I, I spend a lot of time actively avoiding American pop culture. So I'm I'm just now learning That's about fair. a lot of things. Yeah. And and it makes it exciting because when I meet people and I'm like, I've never seen it, like the community ninety nine percent of the time is like, Oh my god, I would love to watch it with you and then I make new friends. <laughs> the one percent who give me a lot of crap about it, I don't usually stay friends with them. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I think that's the end of my notes. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about this this first preliminary episode of Taz Amnesty? Oh my god. I feel like I did, but I Oh, I do. Go, go, go for it. I I wonder why it's called Amnesty. I was about to say. <laughs> well, so commitment didn't really come around until like the very very end of the arc, so I'm wondering what amnesty is going to be. I'm so curious. That's my guess. I mean, I want to know who's getting amnesty. The cryptids? Mm. The aliens, mm. the monsters, yeah. like that's the I don't know. I'm very, I'm very curious. I mean, the I think the word amnesty has kind of triggered my curiosity in a way that commitment didn't, because amnesty is a very specific thing. You it know is. what I mean? Yeah, um, a pardon of offenses is is what dictionary.com yeah. says what it is. So I'm curious to see if that's gonna relate in any way to Ned. Because we know Ned has something of a shady past. Um, oh, and yeah. he also said That's that maybe true. Ned had, like, some kind of connection to um, Aubrey. So, mm-hmm. um, Duck is in this position of power as a park ranger. Is he going to be the one giving the amnesties to people? I, I don't or? know. I, I'm hesitant to, to, to guess that it 
that word is related to the story arc as it pertains to the the characters, mm. the player characters, mm. instead of the some other thing going on, just because what happens with those characters is unpredictable. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, like, Griffin might have named the arc before they even came up with their characters yeah. and he heard about them. I mean, that maybe, maybe he's basing it on those characters, but I think it would be hard to say, oh, I'm naming it this because of a plot point I'm going to have happen between your characters yeah, I, in the future. I would probably actually be very disappointed if if that's all it was, is that someone did something bad to another character and that character forgave them, just because it seems like a very narrow sense. If you're going to name an entire arc after something, like I would expect it to be something that affects more than just one relationship from one character to another. Um, well, they named the balance arc the balance arc, even though they just named it after the Bureau of Balance that didn't really do any balancing. That was like... <sighs> You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't really true. about balance. And I think Justin said he wished they had called that arc bonds in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. know. Oh, and also, I forgot. One other thing that I was going to say was in response to you wondering about how they would do an overarching story. Oh, the yes. way they d- Oh, yeah. That's why I started rambling about the fact that I actually haven't seen these shows. <laughs> but I do know that in these shows, there will usually be, even though there's a, there's a... Um, monster of the week format where every episode has a is a self-contained story there will usually be an overarching plot thread that can that keeps getting referenced like maybe not in every episode but like in the x-files there was a smoking man and in supernatural i don't fucking know what went on in that show cast there was an angel that they hung out with and then i don't know did someone turn into jesus or something like i don't <laughs> i i have like I only know things about Supernatural secondhand, <laughs> so it's kind of ended up one of those posts, like, this is what I think Supernatural is about, based on every post that I've seen about it. Um, but yeah, it, there's definitely a way in this format to have an overarching story that is reference enough to keep that going and like yeah. keep interest in it. I live for that. I hope that that happens. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in, in a, a way, it's... It, yeah, if they have a mini arc, I guess it can't really happen because you got five episodes. No. But yeah, I live, I live for that, and I feel like the system would really lend itself to um, letting that happen organically. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Um, and I that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's that's the end of my notes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, um, where can people find us, Rachel? Well, if uh, anyone wants to find us. I don't know why I said that like that. Um, <laughs> you can contact us on the internet at <laughs> taztalk.tumblr.com or send us an email at taztalkpodcast. Sorry, wrong. Taztalkpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, hold on. There's an ambulance. Okay, it's gone. Or you can find us on Twitter. We are at pod. Nope, that's not our. That's not our <laughs> handle. I do this every time. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Taz Talk Podcast. Um, if you ever want to send us an ask or tweet at us to fangirl or fanboy about the the um, Taz podcast, we would be happy to play with you. Play with us. Can, can we make this any weirder, Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it before it does. Okay, good. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.